So let me tell you, I want to speak to somebody in this room. I don't care how discouraged you've been or where you've been lately. Lift your chin up. Square your shoulders back. Get your head on right. And remember one thing. God is in control. But you got to keep fighting the good fight of faith. you got to keep holding on to God. you got to keep trusting the Lord. Don't quit. Wow. I feel the Holy Ghost in here. I'm going to share with you a different kind of word today, but something I feel very strongly that God wanted me to share with you this morning. I intend on going in a totally different direction. But yesterday afternoon, God totally changed everything. He totally shifted everything, so I'm going to be obedient to the voice and the will of God. I want to share with you about where we are and what we're doing and what we're in the middle of right now as a church. We're in a time of prayer and fasting. And I want you to notice how I said that, prayer and fasting. We must pray. But as we pray, we fast and we seek the Lord. But I want to share with you for a few moments this morning on this. Fasting and prayer. Would you stand with me for the reading of the Word? Isaiah 58, verse 6 through 8. New King James Version declares this to us. Before I read that passage, let me say, this time of prayer and fasting that we are in, it's not just for a few, but it's for all of us. You remember what it said? I will not quit. I will fight. This is part of our fight. Not just for our country, but for ourselves, for our families, for our homes. And this is not just a fight that's looking toward Wednesday of this week or beyond that. This is a fight that we're fighting in the spiritual realm as the people of God. And fasting and prayer is very much a part of our spiritual life, our battle, and our victories. Isaiah 58, 6-8 says, Is this not the fast that I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness, to undo the heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free, and that you break every yoke. Is it not to share your bread with the hungry, and that you bring your house the poor who are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him, and not hide yourself from your own flesh. Then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall spring forth speedily. And your righteousness shall go before you. And I love this latter part. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. The glory of the Lord shall be your protector. The glory of the Lord shall be the one that covers you, that upholds you takes care of you. Father, I ask you now to speak through your word today. 
God to speak into our heart to bring encouragement to us as a church as we're in this time of fasting and prayer and seeking your face. I pray that this word will enlighten us, this word will captivate us, but this word will strengthen and encourage us and help us to see and understand why we do what we do, why we are where we are. God, what you will do when we do our part. Father, anoint every heart and ear and soul to hear and see. Let your purpose be fulfilled. In Christ's name, amen. The word fasting means this. A voluntary withdrawing from food and or drink or other fleshly appetites for a specific period of time in order to focus on prayer and fellowship with God. Now, I'm just going to go ahead and deal with this right out of the gate. Go ahead and handle it now. A voluntary withdrawing from food and or drink or other fleshly appetites. That does not mean Facebook. That does not mean Instagram. That does not mean social media. That means some type of physical sacrifice that you make to seek the face of God. Amen? Now, I will tell you, some folks probably need to fast social media and Facebook and Instagram, some of these things. Some folks probably need to. But that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about bringing this physical body under subjection to the spirit of God the Lord. Amen? So it is fleshly appetites, things that we put aside for a period of time to focus on prayer and fellowshipping with God. Why should I fast, Pastor? Why should I seek God like this? Well, let me answer that with some questions here today. Am I in need of a in healing or a miracle? Ask yourself this. Do I need a miracle in my life? Do you need the touch of God in your life? Is there a dream inside of you that only God can make possible? Are you in need of a fresh encounter with the Lord? Do you desire a deeper, more intimate, powerful relationship with God? Are you ready to have the heightened sensitivity to the desires of God come alive in you. In other words, you become spiritually sensitive to the moving of God in your life. Do you need to break away from bondages that have been holding you hostage? Is there a friend or a loved one that needs salvation? Do you desire to know God's will for your life? So the next time you ask yourself, why should I fast, all of these questions will give you right answers. If there's something in your life that you've been seeking God for or something desperately that needs to happen in your life or something that you want to see God do in you, fast and pray. The three most basic types of fasting mentioned in the Bible are these. The first one is, it's mentioned in Exodus chapter 34, verse 28. It is the first mention of a fast in Scripture. 
Then the Lord said to Moses, Write these words. For according to the tenure of these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. So he was there with the Lord forty days and forty nights. He neither ate bread nor drank water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. So the first one that we find, according to Scripture, is is a normal fast. And I want you to notice something here. When Moses received the Ten Commandments from God, he engaged in a 40-day fast. And you notice what it said, neither did he eat nor did he drink. Now, I want to make this very clear to everybody in this room. Do not try that unless you know God is telling you to do that. A 40-day fast with no food, no drink, no nothing, do not try that unless God tells you to do it. If God tells you to do it, then get after it. But it must be a God thing. Why? You need to at least drink water. Jesus began his earthly ministry with prayer and fasting. In Matthew 4, 1 through 12, it reveals that Jesus completed a 40-day fast. Then in Matthew 6, 16, Jesus taught his disciples to fast. He said, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance. But that's what he said. Moreover, when you, when you fast, he didn't say not if you fast. He said when you fast. So here in Scripture, he is encouraging them to fast and to pray. But hear this. Though fasting is never commanded, Though it is not commanded in the Word, we should want to fast in order to see great things happen from God. We should want to fast to draw near unto the Lord. We should want to fast to find our rightful place with God. Now let's go back. A normal fast is no food, only liquids like water, juice, etc. That's a normal fast. No food, but drink water, juice, etc. Then there's what's called the partial fast. It's good if you have diabetes or hypoglycemia or some other condition which a normal fast will not allow you to fast. It's a partial fast where you omit certain foods for a while to find your place with God. Such as a Daniel fast, no bread, no meat, or no sweets. Elijah did this on two different occasions. John Wesley was well known for going days on end eating only bread and water. Some give up meat for a time, eating only vegetables. Some just skip a meal and spend a time in prayer. These are partial fast. Then there's what's called the absolute fast. Nothing enters your mouth at all can be done for a very short time. But as I was getting this ready yesterday, I felt this in my heart, and I had to go back to my notes to make sure I put it in so I could say it to you today. It does not matter what kind of fast you do. Unless God directly speaks to you in a very specific way and tells you how to do it, it's the fact that you are making the sacrifice for yourself and for God. So let me say it again. It doesn't matter what kind of fast you do unless God gives you specific direction. But it's the fact that you're making a sacrifice for yourself and for God. 
But I got to say this to you. It needs to be a sacrifice. It needs to be something that really means something to you. Second thing I want to point out to you is this. What is the purpose of fasting? It is a way to seek God by denying the physical in order to focus on the spiritual. Can I just stop and tell you that I believe we're at a place in the church. I believe that we're in a place in the world. I believe we're at a place in society where we need to be going after the spiritual things of God like never before. For so long we have been held bound or guided or directed, if you will, by the physical wants or physical cares or the physical things of life. But we are in a point and a place right now where we need to be going after the spiritual things of God like we have never gone after the spiritual things of God. And if you really want to get there, fasting and prayer comes into play. It's a very important part. But let me say this again. For this re- or let me say, for this reason, prayer and fasting must always go together. If, you, if it doesn't, there is no, it does you no good spiritually. If prayer and fasting doesn't go together, it does you no good spiritually. What does that mean, Pastor? If all you're doing is not eating, if you're not careful, it becomes nothing but a glorified diet to help you lose weight at the first of the year or whenever you're doing it. And it's not meant to be a glorified diet. It's meant to be a time that you get along with God and you get to know the mind of God, the purpose of God, and the will of God. And the way that you do that is through prayer and seeking the face of God. So God doesn't just call us to push aside the plate. God calls us to get on our knees in prayer and seek Him. Now let me take you back for a moment. Of course, there are physical benefits to fasting. Medical doctors are discovering more and more benefits to fasting. Why? Because the body is designed to heal itself on a cellular level. As we eat and take in various toxins, processed foods and medicines, etc., we hold a certain amount of poisons in our cells. But when we fast, many of these things are flushed out of our system. So on the physical side, yes, there are benefits to fasting. But I want to say this very clearly. If you want spiritual benefits from it, then you need to take the time possibly that you would normally be eating and get on your face before God and seek the Lord. That doesn't mean we've got to be on our face all the time, but what it does mean is this. When you would normally be eating, spend some time in prayer seeking God. Find you specific moments that you can talk to the Lord. In 2 Chronicles 23 and 4, Jehoshaphat was frightened and he prayed to the Lord for guidance. Then he gave orders to fast to be, for a fast to be observed throughout the country. From every city of Judah, people hurried to Jerusalem to ask the Lord for guidance. But I want you to notice, he, began, he became fearful and what did he do? He prayed. And when he prayed, he called the people to a fast. So many people are fearful right now. So many people are distraught right now. Why not fast and pray? Then in Ezra chapter 8, verse 23, So he fasted and earnestly prayed that our God would take care of us, and he heard our prayer. Now let's go back to the question again. Why do we fast? 
We do not fast. I want to make this very clear. We do not fast to twist the arm of God to get God to do what we want Him to do in our life. That's not the reason for our fast. That's not the purpose for why we do it. However, when we do fast from a sincere heart and we get real with God, most definitely it gets God's attention. Most definitely God takes, away, takes attention to what we are doing when we sincerely seek His face. So why is fasting so important? Fasting is a means of humbling ourselves before God. It is a means of putting ourselves aside and putting God first and bringing our, our physical flesh into subjection, which brings about humbling our Selves. Why should we do it? Because true humility gets the attention of God. I told you it's very different today, but I felt so impressed of the Holy Spirit to share this with you today, and we need to hear it. True humility gets the attention of the Lord. When you get humble before God, God will listen to your prayers. I believe He hears us every time that we pray. But there's something about when the people of God humble themselves before the Lord, how much more does God in tune His ear to their voice when they cry out? In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5 and 6, Each of you must wrap around yourselves the apron of a humble servant, because God resisteth you when you are proud, but multiplies grace and favor when you are humble. God multiplies grace and favor upon your life when you begin to humble yourself to the Lord. According to this scripture, God resists, He opposes those who do not walk in humility. If they walk around with a proud spirit, God opposes them. The only way you can get anywhere with God is when you walk in true humility before Him. It said here He gives grace to the humble. Fasting is a supernatural means of truly humbling yourself. And I'm going to tell you something. If you fast and you do it right, it will humble you. I said, if you fast and you do it right, it will humble you. It takes a lot of grace to make it in this life. Amen? It takes a lot of grace seemingly to live where we're living at right now in the society that we're living in. And sometimes when our back's against the wall and life gets extremely hard, we need an even greater measure of God's grace in our life. So when your back's against the wall and you don't know what to do, what can you do? Fast and pray. Fasting in some supernatural way takes it from your head to your heart. Takes it from your head to your heart. It breaks the power of the flesh. And I want to make that last statement again. Fasting breaks the power of the flesh. Can I tell you a truth? Every one of us are led by our own fleshly desires every single day. And how much we fulfill those things and how much we do of those things are choices that we have to make. But we are led by our flesh. Somebody said, well, what do you mean? When your body says, I want French fries, what do you do? You go get French fries. When your body said, I want a cheeseburger, you go get a cheeseburger. You're led by those fleshly desires. But when we fast and when we pray, we're putting those 
those desires under subjection to the Spirit of God, and in those moments, the Spirit becomes more important. So the Spirit becomes stronger than the flesh, and the Spirit begins to win out in our life, and we begin to listen and we begin to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. But can I tell you, this kind of power over the flesh only comes by prayer and fasting. This kind of prayer over the flesh only comes by prayer and fasting. I take you back to the original passage we read earlier. And in this passage, God gave nine main purposes for fasting. He started out in verse 6. Is this not the fast I have chosen? To loose the bonds of wickedness? To undo the heavy burdens? To let the oppressed go free? And that you might break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and that you bring to your house the poor that are cast out? When you see the naked, that you cover him and not hide yourself from your own flesh, then your light shall break forth like the morning. Your healing shall bring forth speedily, and your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Now let's break it down for a moment. The first thing that he says it talks about is this. Fasting will bring freedom from addiction. Because he very clearly said, he said, loose the bands. What's he talking about? Loose the bondages, loose the things that have held you bound in your life. Things that would not you'd like to lay down, but you've been unable to lay them down. Let's get real for a minute. Pastor, I've tried to quit smoking, but I can't try fasting. Pastor, I've tried to change, but I can't try fasting. Pastor, I've got these certain things that got such a hold on me, and I've done everything I know to break free from it. Try fasting. God has ordained that when we get serious about walking in victory and we demonstrate it through fasting, He finds out that we are really serious about what we're praying for and what we're seeking His face for. When you really get sincere about fasting, God knows you're serious about what you're going after. He knows you're serious about what you're seeking. The second thing it reveals, fasting can solve problems. He said, undo heavy burdens in verse 6. Your finances may be messed up. Your marriage may be in shambles. Your job situation may be unstable. You may be in difficult places in your life. But listen, when it seems hopeless and no way out, God will deal within an instant what you have been stressing over for weeks and for months. God can change in an instant of time what has been weighing and pressing on you for a long period of time. God can change it for you. Then he said, he reveals that fasting for revival and soul winning is a necessity. For he said in verse 6, And let the oppressed go free. Let the bonds be broken off the oppressed, if you will. And I want to say this to some people in this room. I challenge you to do something this week. I challenge you to take some steps this way week. Maybe you've been holding somebody bound because of unforgiveness. I challenge you to release them this week. I challenge you to go to them and ask them to forgive you. And I challenge you to release them this week. Maybe you've been holding someone bound because of bitterness. Maybe you've been carrying bitterness in your heart. And you've been carrying bitterness towards somebody because of some past event in your life. I challenge you to go to them and ask them to forgive you. And I challenge you to release them 
Can I tell you that when you come to that place in your life, oppression will have to leave you. He also reveals that fasting is to conquer mental and emotional problems. For in verse 6 he said, break every yoke. Break every yoke. So many people are stressed out right now. They're under emotional stress right now. People are seemingly more now than I've ever seen it in my life. Maybe you feel depressed. Maybe you feel confused or overwhelmed or frustrated or stressed or discouraged or worried. Maybe you there's mentally and physically you feel mentally and physically drained because of the load that you have been under. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I wonder how many in this house is there right now. You came in here today with a smile on your face, but you're under pressure. You're under stress. You're under heavy load. He said, break every yoke. When you begin to fast and you begin to pray, it will break the yokes of bondage off of your life, no matter what they are. He seeks of fasting to meet the physical needs of others. For he said in verse 7, he said, share your bread. I'm going to say this. We don't think about this a lot of times in fasting, but he says share your bread. You know what that means? It means to give food or money to feed the poor. Maybe take what you would normally use and give it to somebody that can need it. Maybe take a little bit of what you would normally spend and give it to somebody else that needs it. Amen? Amen? He said share your bread. And then he said fasting for clearer insight and decision making. When you are seeking God's will in a major area of your life, fasting can help you find it. When you are at the fork of the road and you don't know which way to go, fasting can help you know which way to go. When you're trying to find God's plan for your future and you can't seem to find it, fasting can help it be revealed. Asking God to make it very clear. For he said in verse 8, he said, light break. I want somebody to hear this. It is like God turns on the light, and now all of a sudden you know what to do. Let me just tell you something. When you're trying to make those ultimate decisions and you're trying to make those hard choices in your life and you've talked to everybody you know to talk to, you've searched out everything on the Internet you can find, you've done everything else you know to do, you've you've tried every other area. When you begin to fast and you begin to seek the Lord, God can make it become so clear. You know why? Because it's in that time that you block out every other answer. You block out everything else and you know and you find the mind and the will of God for that time in your life. And I want to tell you something. Nothing else really matters. Nothing else really matters. Then he talks about fasting for health reasons or for healing, if you would. Can I just say this? Do you have a loved one that is terminal? Do you have someone who is in critical condition right now? You need to get serious and fast and pray for them. Maybe you got someone that's critical and you've been praying but nothing's happened yet. Fast with it. Put in some effort with it. Maybe you've got a physical issue that you need to be healed. Maybe there's something in your life that you found no other answer for. Can I say this to you? When there is no hope from a human perspective, put it in God's hands. And I want to make this very clear. When you fast, you're putting it in God's hands. When you pray, you're putting it in God's hands. Number eight, fasting for a more righteous life and influential testimony. 
Verse 8 said, Your righteousness shall go before you. I'm going to be very careful right here, but I want everybody in this room to listen to me. It's very easy for a child of God to grow cold in their experience with God. It's very easy if we're not careful to drift from the Lord. So you need to tell God, Lord, light a fire under me. God, put a fire in my belly. Make me like I was when I first got saved. Lord, give me that zeal I had when I first found you. God, give me that desire I had when I first came to know you. Lord, build a fire in my spirit. If you get serious enough to deny yourself in the physical realm, what you find in the spiritual realm with God will be amazing. If you get serious enough to deny yourself the physical realm, it will be amazing what God will do in your life on the spiritual side of things. Let me tell you why. I'm going to say it again. God finds out how serious you are when you pay that kind of price. And it will move God in your life. The last thing he said. Fasting for the glory of the Lord to protect us from the evil one. For he said it like this in verse 8b. The glory of the Lord be your rear guard. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard, which means protection. Can I just say to you, do you have a loved one who's under satanic oppression? Do you have a loved one who may be possessed by the enemy? We don't like to use that word, but it happens. Let me just bring it down to you. Are you under satanic oppression? i got to tell you this. <coughs> you cannot be truly saved and washed in the blood of the Lamb and be demon-possessed. It can't happen. The Bible says you'll serve God or you'll serve mammon. It's one of the two. It can't happen. But you can fall under satanic oppression. That brings you to a place that just pushes you down and puts such a heavy load upon you and you feel like you get in a place you just cannot get out. So let me ask you again. Are you under satanic oppression this morning? In Matthew 17, verse 16 through 21, So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? Listen to me. Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, Because your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have the face of a mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, More from here, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. But notice verse 21. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. You know why they couldn't do it? They weren't prepared. You know why they couldn't do it? They weren't ready. 
And I'm just going to say this to some people in this room. You may come up against some battles sometimes in your life, and you may come up against some warfare some places in your life, and you're not ready for it, and you're not prepared for it. What I do in moments like that, back up and fast and pray and prepare yourself and get ready for the I didn't say stop fighting. I didn't say give in. I didn't say quit. I said back up for a moment, fast and pray and prepare yourself and get ready and then when you prepared yourself engage and get back in the fight however this kind does not go out but except by prayer and by fasting we prayed earlier for our president for our nation I want to just say this to you we need to apply these same concept to the nation we live in what do you mean, Pastor? These are very perilous times. We should pray sincerely for our nation. We, we should pray sincerely for our state, for our country, for our city. We should pray sincerely when we fast. We should pray sincerely when we are fasting and preparing ourselves. Listen, God is calling upon us, His people, to repent for our sins and to repent for the sins of this nation. Did you hear that? It's one thing for us to repent of our sins, but God is calling on us as His people to repent for the sins of this nation. God is calling on us to humble ourselves and to seek Him with all of our heart. The world's not going to do it. God's calling on His people to do it. And listen to me. If healing is to come to our land, it will be up to us. If healing is to come to our land, it will be up to the people of God. God is just waiting for the church to truly humble itself and come to Him with true repentance. Now let's go back to the statement. This kind of revival comes only by prayer and fasting. This kind of change in the world and in society only comes by prayer and fasting. Second Chronicles 7, 14, New King James Version said this, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray. Final thing I want to point out to you and bring it down. What are the benefits of fasting? More time to pray. You ever noticed, I don't know how it affects you, but you ever notice when you eat you get sleepy? You ever notice when you eat, you get sluggish? Come by my house sometime. I eat a good meal. If I go sit in my recliner, it's over. I'm just being honest. As long as I keep moving, I'm okay. But if I sit down in that recliner, it's over. You ever notice that? You eat, you get sluggish. You get sleepy. Your thoughts change you get relaxed but when you fast something about fasting Charles that makes your senses spiritual senses much more alert 
Oh, you still get sleepy sometimes, but not like you used to. Because there's nothing filling your belly to weight you down to make you tired. And I'm not trying to preach against eating because I love to do it just like you do. It's a blessing God gave us. But at the times of fasting, we separate from it. So we can what? Seek the face of God and focus on Him. Are you burdened for revival in our church? I'm just going to get blunt with you for a minute. Are you burdened for revival in our church? I see a lot of heads doing this. Will you fast? Are you burdened for your family? Will you fast? Are you burdened for the lost? Will you fast? Are you burdened for the hurting and the broken? Will you fast? Are you burdened for our city? Are you burdened for Sylacauga? Are you burdened for Talladega County? Are you burdened for the state of Alabama? Are you burdened for the United States of America? Are you burdened for the world? Will you fast? When you get burdened enough, and you get heavy laden enough, then you're willing to do whatever you have to do. Listen to me as I close. Fasting makes our heart more attentive to God. Will you turn your attention to Him? Will you hear Him? Will you focus on Him? Fasting demonstrates to God our seriousness. And I've got that in all bold reddish letters. Fasting demonstrates to God our seriousness. Just how serious we really are. About wanting to draw near to Him about wanting to be with Him, about true worship, about spiritual breakthrough. And it all comes down to this. We must be a people of prayer and fasting. We must be a people of prayer and fasting if we are serious about seeing the miraculous in our lives, in our families, in our homes, in our church, in our community, in our nation, and in our world. If we want to see the miraculous, we must be a people of prayer and fasting. Stand to your feet. I cannot explain it to you. I told you this would be a very different message today. Not a lot of shouting rejoicing on what I've been sharing with you, but Robert, I just feel such a peace and a calm over me right now. As if God said, that's what I wanted you to tell him. Sometimes we just need to hear it. Sometimes we just need to get it. Sometimes we just need to understand it. Sometimes it just needs to be laid out to us. Sometimes we need to be reminded. Can you hear Jesus saying this? I gave my life for you. What will you give for me? 
I gave my life for you. What will you give for me? Now let's change it up a little bit. I gave my life for you. What will you do for me? When we get serious with God, He gets serious with us. Let me say that again. I want everybody in this house looking right at me. When we get serious with God, He gets serious with us. Now I'm asking you, are you ready to get serious with God? I see people nodding their heads, but I'm going to ask you again. Are you ready to get serious with God? If you are, get out of your seat. Get out of here right now. Hurry. 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 Kneel. Stand. However you feel led to do it. But come down here right now and start pouring your heart out to God. Don't wait on me to give you instruction. Don't wait on me to tell you what to do or how to do it. Just start talking to God right now. Come on, get down here right now. Hurry, 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 hurry. Hurry, 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 hurry. Are you ready to get serious with God? Are you ready to get real with God? In the earlier part of this service tonight, or this morning, God was getting very real with us. And I feel like some people got very real with God. But at the same time, there were some people who had reservations. There were people that were kind of holding back. There were people that just couldn't seem to yield. But you've gotten out of your seat. You've made a move toward God to say to the Lord, God, I'm ready to get serious. I'm ready to get in order. I'm ready to get right. You're ready to get serious with God. Pull your heart out to Him right where you are right now. Right now, you do it the way you feel to do it. I'm going to say it again. I don't have to tell you how. I don't have to give you instruction. All you got to do is pour your heart out to God right now. Get serious with God. Get serious with God. Get serious with God. And when you get serious with God, God will get serious with you. God will get serious with you. God will get serious with you.